Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga wellness life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. Well, hello. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I have such a treat for you. Um, my literal soul sister, Nikki Swearsh, is here. She is um, not just a soul cycle extraordinaire. She's also a clinical nutritionist. And we are here to talk about all things body image, culture, diet, everything. So Nikki, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited just to like get to talk to you and to have everyone listen in on on this talk. Yeah, me too. And it's so funny because, um, you know, we we have our soul cycle in common and everything. And I always see your you have your own podcast, which I definitely want to talk about. But you always do the videos on all this toxic diet culture stuff. And I've been like, oh, trying to hunt you down being like, you got to get on my podcast. So I'm, I'm so glad that we are here. So tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about your podcast first. Yeah. So my podcast, it's funny. It's, it was like a long journey to get there and it's kind of where the name came from, but it's called never on time, um, <laughs> about how a journey is just, it's never this like black and white story, right? Mm-hmm. It's not one foot in front of the other to get to this like set out journey. It's, it's different than that. Um, and so on it, I really talk about kind of my process of going from a nine to five into fitness into, you know, starting my own clinical practice. And then also just life in general, different mental health stuff, fitness stuff, nutrition stuff. I try to kind of cover, cover everything I'm feeling and going through. Cause usually when we are, and I mean, you know, this from class too, like Mm -hmm. when we say something that we need to hear nine times out of 10, most people in the room also need to hear it. Yeah. Right. And you know, in the soulful part of it or your motivational messaging, people are like, oh, man, I felt like you were just talking right to me. And I'm like, girl, I was telling myself that the whole day, you know, so every time it's like you say what you need to hear Mm -hmm. and it just happens to usually resonate with other people because it's part of the human experience. Yeah, no, that's it. Exactly. And um, whether, you know, you're a soul cycle instructor or you have a podcast or if you're listening to, you know, all of these people who you idolize and listen to and they give you advice and, and add value to your life. I mean, I have I listen to so many different podcasts and books. You you realize everyone's just a human and dealing with the same things, you know, the same issues. That's exactly it. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's part of the human experience. No matter how many times we feel like a situation so isolated, there's someone out there who's at least maybe not been in the exact same shoes, but mm-hmm. has felt something similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's back it up then and, and let's talk about your transition from your nine to five to fitness to now your own nutrition business. It's very similar, I feel like, to my story. So so walk me through what did you do for your nine to five? How did you get into fitness anyway? Yeah, so my entire background basically is very much so within nutrition. It's my undergrad. Um, and so when I got out of school, I, in college, let me back it up a little bit further than that. In college, when I was in school for, um, nutrition and dietetics, I found this thing called flex pass. And so I went to Rutgers and basically what it was, you paid like 60 bucks and you could take any fitness classes you wanted throughout the entire semester. Wow. So it was awesome. Yeah. 60 bucks. (laughs) Right. That's a steal. So a while ago, I will say, yeah. but no, absolutely. And so when I graduated, it was this like, okay, well, how do I keep up with at least some of that while I'm also, you know, now working a nine to five. And at the time mm-hmm. I was working, I'm in product development. And so I, within like the, a food company, mm-hmm. um, and so I just started, you know, riding a soul cycle and doing all different types of workout classes. And little by little, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, how can I make this even more? Um, I ended up moving. We're starting to work in pharma. So very, very different. It was way more sedentary than I had expected. So Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of seated 
time. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up going for my yoga teacher training first. Got awesome. that, started teaching yoga, then got into teaching cycling and boxing, um, personal training, kind of all that realm while doing my nine to five. Yeah, that's so a lot. Like, oh, <laughs> absolutely. It was like that was like the fun stuff, yeah. um, you know, outside of the nine to five that just kind of was there to pay the bills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then eventually I actually ended up I still had a corporate job when I started at SoulCycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so went through training, all of that with my nine to five was just kind of teaching around it. And they were super, ch- I worked global. Yeah. So a lot of the time it was kind of like, okay, well I'd be on calls at three in the morning, but then I could go teach at 6 a.m. Yeah. You know, and if you're not familiar with how SoulCycle does their training is you, so where were you before? I was new. Oh, before. So I'm from Jersey. Okay. Was in Virginia, Got did it. training in New York. Did training in New York, yes. Yeah. So you literally have to move you and pick up your whole life, move to New York for months, and you are training, I mean, like, you're waking up at, like, 6 a.m., taking two classes, and you're training all day, and then you're taking classes at night, and then you're doing this homework and this homework and this. It's crazy. So I was unemployed, actually, because I had quit my previous cycle job um, prior to going into my training. So that was already a lot for me and I didn't have a full-time job. So I don't know how you did that. Like you're amazing. It was definitely a lot, but it's one of those, I think too, like for me, a big part of it was, Oh, this is what's going to legitimize me within this industry. Like soul cycle mm-hmm. is a household name. Yeah. And so it was going from, Oh, I worked at this little boutique mm-hmm. studio in the middle of a town. Most people haven't heard of yeah. into, you know, something that I can actually make a difference on a bigger scale and legitimize myself within the industry. And that was kind of like the goal pushing forward. Yeah. No, it's a huge, it's a huge accomplishment. And, you know, even though I don't do it full time anymore, you know, I'm just three times a week now and I have my own business And tell me if you feel the same way. Sometimes I have to remind myself how proud I am of being at that level, you know, where it's like, no, this is a really big deal. This is the top cycling company, you know, at least in the country. There's a couple, you know, global locations. But I'm like, no, this is really awesome, (laughs) you know. Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Because it's, you know, someone once said this to me and it's always stuck with me, but it's so easy to lose the forest in the trees Mm -hmm. when you're doing Mm -hmm. it day in and day out and you're just kind of in it. Sometimes you forget like, oh, well, what's the big picture? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I get to walk into a room and inspire people. Yeah. It's to ride bikes that go like we all joke nowhere but everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And get to like do that as a job. Yes. I I agree. And it's taking that time and just acknowledging that versus, you know, because we, especially if you're doing so many different things, your mind's like in the future, in the future, in the future, in the future. And, you know, when something pops up on like a time hop thing or somebody sends an old picture from training, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so excited and so nervous getting that call. Like, are they going to take me or not? You know, am I going to pass this audition? And it's like those little things where you're like, no, I, this is awesome. (laughs) You know, I, I love getting to work out for for fun and for a living and like you said, inspire people. And I think that's, you know, now as you transition into a nutrition coach, so talk to me about that transition of, you know, you, you kind of go from coaching people on a bike to getting to know them very well, at least in, you know, the culture of soul cycle. And now you're still coaching people, but it's in a different realm and it's your own thing. Oh, absolutely. So for me, I um so my background I mentioned was in nutrition and so when the world shut down, I had a million and one different certifications and I kept saying I'd go back to school, I'd go back to school. And I was like, no, it's just not time, it's not. Like I kept making those excuses that you make. Yeah. And finally, when everything shut down, I was like, am I really going to pay another however much to get a pay as you go cert or am I actually going to sit down, get my masters, mm-hmm. get my like sit for my boards and do all of that. And so I did. Good, um, good for you. So. Good job. I just want to just pause and say, you know, there's some people who took COVID and I mean, recycling bid full of wine bottles. And I'm sure we all have that phase. I know I did. But um, you, you really did something for yourself during that time. And you, you know, you didn't let the world pausing. You took that as a as a sign to say, no, I'm going to move. I'm going to do something. So kudos again to you for doing that. Thanks. It was definitely one of those things. So I'm for reference, like I went back for a master's. It's another, you know, 
never on time type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I went back for my master's eight years after graduating my undergrad. So like, that's the other thing too, where it's also, you know, it's that scary thought of, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to go back for my master's now. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember how to study. <laughs> that's ex- Well, that's exactly it. Like the whole first semester, I was like, how do I do this? Like, right. how does this work? On top of um, like working, because at that point in time, you were in Texas mm-hmm. and Texas, we only closed our studios down for a couple months. And then, I mean, in Houston, we didn't, we had like a hot second of teaching in masks, but y'all did that for a long time in Austin. Yeah. So we, that was like the funny thing, like looking back and like even having this conversation, it feels as though we were shut down for so long. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, we were, you know, the first group of studios to reopen. So we reopened in June of 2020. So we were only closed for three months, essentially. Right. But I remember that too. It was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is taking forever, you know? And then looking back, you're like, whoa, it was only two months. Like that was really quick to go back. (laughs) Especially, especially now being in Jersey. Yeah. Hearing oh, yeah. like, yeah, so I relocated. And so listening to other instructors and the studio staff talk about their journey of being like, oh, well, you know, it's only been a short period of time versus for us. It's like, yeah, no, we reopened like three months in. Like, yeah. we, you know, we had the like plague doctor looking stuff that the front desk had to wear <laughs> to take temperatures. Yes. Like, and we there's so much plexiglass, you know, <laughs> like I'm just going to call that like the plexiglass plague, like where there was just so much plastic everywhere. You know, I feel like the earth is going to see some serious damage from all this in, in like another couple Absolutely. of years. But yeah, it was just really strange. And, um, you know, I taught in Austin and taught in a mask and it was just the worst. (laughs) I just don't know how you all did that for you. That was a long time. It was, it was like on and off. Like it was one of those every time. Cause Austin, I mean, within Texas, like we know Texas does what Texas wants. Yes. We we do our own thing down here. (laughs) Truly. Truth. And then like in Austin, I feel like because it, it is like, you know, keep Austin weird. It's like that slightly different sliver. Mm-hmm. And so people, I feel like we're really trying to adhere to the mask policy for longer and all of those things. But it just, you know, in Texas, they were like, well, you can't require them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so every time something shifted, it'd be like, well, let's wear them for like a week just to see what happens. And then yeah. we can like take them off if we need to. Right. It was like, so you was may walk back to forth. your bike and take it off once you're on your bike sitting two feet away from somebody. But you can't walk four feet away from somebody in the hallway without the mask. There was a lot of confusion around that. But I digress. Anyway, so back in you're back in Jersey. You're teaching there. Um, you got your. Well, no, this is before you moved back to Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I had moved back this past June. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And so then I graduated from my master's in August, but I started, yeah, but I started my business, um, in February of 2021. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what, what was that process like, you know, while you're still teaching, I think that's where we kind of got on that tangent. Yeah. You're still teaching, you're going to school, you're starting your business. That's a lot going on. Oh, to top it off, I was still doing my nine to five at the time. Wow. Girl, yeah. did you sleep? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was a time, but it was one of those like every time. And and that's really where that like don't lose the forest and the trees mm-hmm. kind of mentality really popped in because it was like, if I get too hung up on one thing that I'm doing, like it's everything's going to fall to pieces. Mm. Um, totally not how I'd recommend anyone ever do that. Right, right. Don't wait for the next <laughs> pandemic to start your, you know, phase of life that you really are passionate about. But And also like close one door before you start to open the next one. Yeah. There's a point where I was like, my therapist was like, can you please just not start anything new before the next time we meet? Yeah. Like, Do you know your Enneagram type? I used to. I honestly can't remember it. At this I'm point. just I'm hearing like a lot of seven vibes where it's like I, I like kind of struggle with closing doors before I open new ones. Because what if I don't like this one? Because like, I might go back, you know, like cutting strings off. I'm like, no, like, let's just like let this dangle and fray. Like I might go back. It's like, no, move on to the next phase. You right. Know? It's I mean, it's part of that and part of that, like, and I mean, this is something I'm sure you 100 percent understand, too, where it's like taking the leap into something that's maybe not the most standard or typical career Mm -hmm. is so scary, especially when everyone in your life is like, oh, but you're working. And because at the time I was working in pharmaceuticals and they're like, you're in pharmaceutical research. Like, 
it is a pandemic. Why would you leave that? Right, right. Exactly. It's like this other thing. Right. Where there's no like stability. Right. And I, I'm yeah. like using like giant air quotes here. And don't mind me while I, I drink my boxed soul cycle water here. I'm sure you recognize it. Let me just so on brand box water. You can just sponsor me right here. Um, but you know, it's the stability thing of like, why would you start your own thing? And you're like, uh, hello, like half the world just got laid off, you know, in this pandemic. Like, I think I have more stability over here than over here. Like, it's this whole new like shift, you know. Well, and that aspect of control, right? Mm-hmm. Like so often we, the biggest thing I think during the pandemic people realized too was we don't have control over anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way that we respond to things is like, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so 100%. being able to have the control of, well, this is my own business and I can show up for it the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. I can push for it the way that I want to. I can build and and create the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that just makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was that time that was almost so freeing where it was like, and for me, it was just that like, okay, well, I have this soul cycle piece. And for me, I, the timeline of things is always just wild. Um, so I ended up quitting my nine to five in June of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a few months and one of our locations in Austin shut down. Yes, exactly. Girl, I know that story all too well. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just, there's been a lot of big changes within the one industry of fitness and then two, especially in the, you know, um, equinox funnel of soul cycle. And the boutique realm in general. I feel like it's, it's fair to just, you know, even just the boutique realm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people started learning how to do things on their own. And that's, you know, that's a big piece of where it's so interesting because I do have that multifaceted side of like, personal trading and the virtual side and the nutrition piece mm-hmm. um, where people really did start to learn, okay, well, these are the things I need to prioritize, but because they didn't have access, it's how do I prioritize this stuff at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now everything's virtual. Honestly, that's the one good thing. And actually there were a couple good things, at least for me personally that came out of COVID, but virtualness ability is amazing. Like even as having this podcast right now, like I love this. Uh-huh. And I think maybe three years ago it had been really weird you know, like now it's like, yeah, let's just hop on a Zoom. Like, I don't care where you live, you know, whatever. And I love that. Um, but I, yeah, I think st- people started paying attention to to things. And, you know, because we didn't know how long it was going to be, I think people did go a little crazy at first, right? And then here's the thing is we're transitioning back into real, real life, quote unquote, normal life. And it's like, oh, well, now my... Like now my nutrition's like way off. Now my workout routine is way off. So what was your experience like when you see people coming out of this pandemic? Like what was going on? And so I actually have like an even more in-depth view of that. So mm-hmm. I um, I specialize within mental health a lot within the nutrition realm. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of sports. I do a lot of mental health, a lot of gut, a lot of hormonal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that realm, it has just been wild to see because people there's two kind of buckets Mm -hmm. some people became so much more intuitive and started listening and being like wait this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel normal Mm -hmm. um and others on the other turn because the fact like they couldn't really go anywhere and you know figure stuff out they were just like oh no this just this has been going on for like two years so I get a lot of that where people are like, you know, going through, you know, they'll they'll set up a time with me mm-hmm. and they'll be like, you know, I'm just I'm just looking to, you know, get myself back into where I was into, you know, losing some weight, feeling better about myself, whatever else. And so we sit down for the intake and I find where they have so many symptoms that started, you know, they're like, oh, well, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, that's normal. It's been happening for the last two years because they just normalized it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's kind of both sides of it where some yeah. people... They've taken on this new identity of this is just who I am, but I don't necessarily want to be it, you know. And And a lot of people who didn't realize, oh, well, this, you know, bloating or heartburn or, you know, I have one client who tells me every time when she eats, her stomach hurts. And when she told me, I was like, well, that's that shouldn't happen. Like you shouldn't every single time you eat food. Exactly. And it just turns into this, like, you know, you're basically by yourself and you're like, no, that's just how it's been for like a while. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I think Go back, what? I know like a personal one for me is, am I hungry or am I bored? 
So like when you don't have anything to do for years, you know, or at the very minimum months, it's like, oh, I'll just like eat this and you get out of the routine. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, even just mental health awareness wise, really do well with routine. And if you mess that up, it's like now I feel like a different person and I don't know how to navigate this. So having a coach and someone to help them is imperative, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing, too. What's also been interesting is the fact that, like, especially my more intuitive clients, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they picked up other hunger and fullness cues, but then proceeded to get too intuitive into it, where it's like then they're almost listening too much. And so anytime something even small happens, it's like, wait, hold on. This is off. This is weird. And it's like, you have gas. Like, you're fine. (laughs) Right. Everybody, everybody does that. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just this really normal. interesting realm to kind of try to navigate, especially like you said, right? The whole virtual world where it's not, Hey, come to my office, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, it's, Hey, we're virtual. You have an issue. Shoot me a message through my like, you know, medical record system Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about it when I see you. So it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so, we're so in touch all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting to see and and learning how to navigate which end of the spectrum are you on and what does it come back to and, you know, it does come, I think a lot of it is just mental, right? And that relays, you know, into the physical, of course. And I know, um, I know even on the life coaching side of things, you know, we're in front of people who, one, prioritize personal development, prioritize health and fitness, right? And they're dedicated to it, right? Because you're you're paying a premium for a, a class, even or a class pack, and you want to be there, and right? And they show up, and they're loyal, and they show up, show up, show up, show up, show up. But then you start to hear things where people are like, "Well, you you said this in class, and like I that kind of resonated with me." So um, let's let's venture into you know a life coaching relationship, and I I see a lot of clients that way. But I know you have a, had a similar experience, even with hearing clients say. Things because, hey, it's the fitness. People care. So talk to me about that experience of what what you kept hearing with riders even. Yeah. And no, absolutely same type of experience because, you know, especially more so I'd say, even though I honestly, I even heard something today. Funny enough, I, I went to take yoga after I taught and after class I overheard. So it was it's a hot studio. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I heard two um members talking and they were like oh yeah you know going to college weekend like parents weekend or whatever at my kid's school like have to sit in the room all week to be able to like sweat it all out and I was like oh yeah <laughs> like automatically for me but you know it's in Texas especially we were closed for three months it's hot most of the time there minus you know our snowpocalypse right right it's either <sighs> 90 degrees in February or you get a blizzard <laughs> yeah with like blizzard, no power me- for bl- blizzard meaning like three inches, but we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> that's and, and that's no, exactly yeah, no power, it. no toilets, and no power. I can't talk about it. It's too soon, you know. Truly, way too soon. Way too soon. There um, were some situations that I just I can't I can't ever forget, you know. <laughs> so anyway, absolutely. But right, it's like we digress. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, not go into that one too far. But <laughs> but that's you know, and that that's part of it because we reopened so quickly, and it is a very you know. There's not necessarily that like bundle weather where people will put on all these like baggy big sweatshirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, it was, ooh, you know, pandemic weight and all of that. And, you know, the sourdough era where all people ate was bread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then all of these previous diet culture things that we've heard, you know, most of our lives start to come up. So the big thing. I'm going to just um, dial it back just for a second. Yeah. Talk, when you talk about diet culture, what what does that mean? Like expand on that. If you don't mind me so interrupting. Diet culture very much so is is that culture that's been created around dieting and weight loss and all of that. And so mm-hmm. one of the big things I talk a lot about is the fact that the weight loss industry and the diet industry in general are worth $78 billion. Right. That's and crazy. so that's all the supplements, the detox teas, you know, the my fitness pal apps, mm-hmm. the, you know, smart watches that you know. close all the rings. Yes, I know. That can get very addictive. And that's, you know, that's a part of it. It's, it's that whole culture that's around it. It's the 
you know, 1200 calories, the carbs are and sugars are the devil and mm-hmm. yeah. all of these things right. that were created, you know, based on companies that had a lot of money and were able to pay to get recommendations written the way they wanted. Mm-hmm. And an agenda for people, exactly. you know, I, did you ever read the book, The Grain Brain? About, no. It's about, it's, it's an older book. I found it good. I don't know. I don't know if it is. Now I'm like, I don't know. But it just talks about how wheat attacks the body and things like that. This was years ago and kind of not the first of its time. But before, I think a lot of gluten-free products were even available, which I'm sure we could probably talk all about that, like how it's – there's a lot of things in that too. But, um, you know, it talked about – I think it was in the 90s. They had this anti-fat, low-fat diet – I guess diet culture – agenda pushed and so low fat meant high carb and people started eating carbs more and like the breads and the grains and all that versus the low fat because they were scared of like low fat low fat low fat you know you can't have any fat but then your brain needs actual fat and glucose so there was actually a lot of relation between a low fat diet high carb to dementia alzheimer's you know some brain I guess the word is diseases because you're not feeding your brain, you know, these like low fat, low fat, low fat. And I just thought that is so interesting because now you see the effects of it, but not until later. Right. So these things that this diet culture of now, like we're not going to see these effects until much later. And that's one of the fascinating things. I mean, even so one of the interesting things that I, you know, I share a lot of time with clients. So one of the things I do is blood work as well. Mm -hmm. And so when I work with a client and, you know, we're talking about blood work and going through, they're like, oh, well, none of this was flagged. And I'm like, yeah. So to get your MD, it is it is 20 credits of like early 20 hours of nutrition counseling. And like, that's it. Because that's not a priority. It's, you know, not their focus. Exactly. Which completely makes sense. Yeah. Unless you want to specialize. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of doctors are now getting a little bit more open into being like, cool, like let's work with a nutritionist Mm -hmm. um, to be able to check the like, you know, what's going on with all this whole other realm of what's going on with your body. Mm -hmm. But for so long, that wasn't necessarily the case because, you know, again, the agenda right? It's, it's what can we put you on? What mm-hmm. works? I mean, now this, the biggest thing is hormones, right? Yeah. Women who were put on birth control for a million and one reasons where they're finding, okay, well, not only was it harmful in the long run, it actually just masked symptoms and made them worse. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing way more, you know, endo and PCOS and all these other things and, you know, infertility yeah. that could have just been if, if someone looked at it a little bit differently, but you know, yeah can go on forever. Yeah, it's like you just don't know it. And this blanket statement of everybody should do low-fat, high-carb, everybody should do this hormone, everybody should do whatever the trend is for the culture, right? Um, It's like, how is it going to be this one-size-fits-all thing, you know? like, Well, so one of the things, like, so when it comes to the recommendations and, like, the agenda, one book that I always recommend, Mm -hmm. um, it's called Food Politics. It kind of... it's a more difficult read, but it's Mm -hmm. a great, like if you just kind of like listen through it. Yeah. Um, but it's by Marian Nestle. It basically, so she was there when a lot of the recommendations were being created and she talks about how it was the companies who had the money to be like, Hey, well don't word it this way. Or we need to do this. And like, yeah, so studies show this is bad, but like they're giving us a lot of money. So like, we can't write that. Right. Right. And so that then turns into, you know, this snowball effect of, okay, well, low fat, high carbs, because the grain industry was giving a ton of money. Right, right. But it's when you look at it. So like one of my favorite ones to talk about, and it's one of the more controversial ones, but keto. Yeah, yeah. It was literally created to help kids with epilepsy. I think I do remember hearing that somewhere, reading that. It was never meant to be, especially long term. And it's shown like based off of, you know, peer reviewed research mm-hmm. that long term, it's it's actually more detrimental than it is helpful. Yeah, that's a lot of dairy or no dairy. You no, can't... it's low carb, high everything else. Those are the people who put like bacon it's that, cheese, it's that concept of, oh, let me put butter in my coffee, but I can't eat cheese with like something else. Yeah. Or like no bread. It's like a yeah. Big Mac without the bread. Right. Essentially, so they now. yes exactly exactly so it's like let mm. me do all these things but like i will not eat bread and carbs when it's like glucose You're... is the main source of energy for our bodies yeah huh okay well so 
that's is that do you think that that's a diet culture now where it's like up on the swing where they're like oh keto and why do you think people go into like one of these trends like keto or something else like this big you know gluten-free was big for a while and I think it still is but you know is it is it these fast fixes or what's what do you that's honestly my biggest thought with it a lot of people one don't really I don't want to say don't know better that's not necessarily the way I want to word it Mm -hmm. but um a lot of people, you know, especially with social media, there's influencers everywhere pushing every which thing. I mean, the amount of detox things I see, yeah. I'm just like. But then you also have to you have to agree or um, relate it back to it's the same thing as like a big company with an agenda. This person is getting paid to say That's they, exactly it. they might not even do it themselves or maybe they tried it and it didn't even work. But, oh, my gosh, they've already paid me you know, thousands of dollars to say, hey, try this detox, you know. Like, and that's you the gotta... thing. And then people, and so it's right. Big companies then in turn mm-hmm. pay these people who are behind, you know, a screen, a social media profile, because that's now the new way to push an agenda. Right. Because people see that and they want to be that. They want to live that life. They want to. They want to do all those things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of the time it's it's one a quick easy fix, mm-hmm. and two I think people just they want to they want to figure out what it is that they need in a more instant gratification sense mm-hmm. with it being like a one hat fits all yeah and i think a lot of the time people kind of get trapped in this oh well if this works for that person they said it's because they had bloating and i have bloating and mm-hmm. so like let me try this yeah when it's like their issues can be so different and in turn you know they mm-hmm. tried something that you know so many times, I mean, on my like intake, I have what diets have you tried? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, I get like 15 listed. Right, right. And so when someone comes to you, it's a very individualized approach because right? every body is different. And so there, there can't be this massive blanket statement that, like this fix all, quick fix once and for all, you know, just try this and it's going to work for you. It's like you have no idea how you're going to feel when you even try this, right? This might not be for you. But that's why, again, having a coach and someone who's there with you can, an outside set of eyes can monitor things and also keep you accountable to things. And, hey, like, let's try this. Let's tweak this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, that's that's absolutely it. And like I so I practice something called medical nutrition therapy. So MNT. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the other thing, too. It's it's always funny when I have someone who's like very, very stuck within the diet culture mindset. And, you know, we talk about how many calories their bodies actually need and all this stuff. And I go through like education on why. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I hear you, but like the thought of eating over 1200 calories is just difficult. Right, right. And so you start seeing this kind of continue to go on. And it is, it's, it's that constant reminder. It's having someone to sit there and to, to give you an actual reason why. And then Mm -hmm. it's always great when I can show blood work and go, this is this is why we're doing this. Right, right. Like these numbers, like that's why you feel this way. Let's let's fix that. And, and, and then this follow is up and, do it. and see the result of see what exactly. happens. You know, your body is healing from the inside out because of these choices that you're making, not because, you know, you can't eat twelve hundred calories. You know, I think there are a lot of those people and you know, you're the expert in this, but who who want to feel better, right? Especially after the pandemic, they're like, okay, I got to do something, right? But there's also this, and maybe it's one and the same or totally separate, and maybe both, but this body image too, right? And um, so you, you have people who, do they come to you and just say, I just want to look better? Like it's where it's not about feeling better. It's just, I have these ideas in my head of what I should look like. Like talk to me about that. There's a lot of that, especially within that mental health realm. Mm. Because a lot of the time, I mean, that's the other thing with social media, right? At the end of the day, you see these pictures and people, you know, there are some people who are now starting to shift away from that and starting to post, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, this is like what it really looks like. Or here's, you know, here's me posing and here's me not posing. And I love, I love this movement. I absolutely love it. Because even in fitness, you know, as an instructor, um, I've always been like a curvy kind of person and I've never been you know I grew up in like the 90s where it was like Kate Moss and like these like stick thin models and so I I don't know if it was like imprinted in my mind because that was like my time of like teenage you know 
awakening into like sexual awakening and you know self awakening of like this is what I think I should look like you know and then I developed and didn't have that body type right and so I would always feel inferior for years in fitness I've been in fitness for about 10 years of like I don't have the right body type for this no one's going to take me seriously and like you are just literally compared to everybody else physically in the public eye constantly you know like, I don't know what your journey has been like, but it was in the beginning, very stressful, you know, not, not no, so much, I have but... like the exact same. I also grew up in the nineties. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, you know, <laughs> I remember everyone was joking with that TikTok when people were like talking about, um, how low rise jeans are coming back. Oh God. No. And all the bloody PTSD. Like, oh, no, please no, please no, please <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's part of it. It's so one of the things, too, it's like, you know, as as kids, when we grow up so often, we're never taught about food. Mm-hmm. We're taught about, you know, a million and one other things. We're taught about very basic blanket principles that half the time are honestly usually not right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my colleagues recently, her kid came home and they had brought the PowerPoint home of the nutrition lecture they did. And she was like, this is so problematic. Like it was a whole conversation. But um. So we're, that's that's all we're taught. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, we pick up habits that we see our parents doing, that right. we see the people around us doing. And the that. culture diet that our parents grew up with and then exactly. instilled in us. You know, my mom and, always cared about her weight. Always. You know. And when our parents, because I'm uh, since we're around the same age, I'm assuming our parents mm-hmm. are at least, you know, close to that same realm. It was, you know, Atkins diet. It was the cabbage diet. Yeah. It was. There's Slim always, fast. Slim fast. <laughs> my slim mom fast had that every day. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Slim everywhere. vest all the time. And even my dad, which I love my dad, and this is like totally just not okay now, but he, and this is also before curvy bodies were like back in style, he would always say that we had, me and my sisters, um, we had J-Lo booties, you know? And like back then that was meant to be like a bad thing. But like, here's another thing trends change and now a big booty is in right but back then it was like girl put the ice cream down you got a j-lo booty it'd be like what you know my mom's over (laughs) there like with their slim fast like "Mm -hmm." you know and that's right like that's what we grow up in Mm -hmm. and then it's like you wonder why you know automatically it's that narrative this one of the ones that drive me crazy too that i hear writers say but that narrative of Oh, well, I, you know, I went out last night, I had an ice cream, I had whatever. So I I have to double today. Or like, I have to do whatever to work that off. Right. Work this off where this is not, this is literally a punishment for you and not, or, or like a reward. Right. Or if, if I, if I do this, then I can eat ice cream later or something like that. Exactly. Instead of it being like, Hey, this is how I want to move my body. And this is what feels good for me. Right. This is my decision. This is my choice. Yep. This is what I'm choosing for myself in this moment because I want to do this. Right? Yeah. Although I will say too, off of kind of the like thinner bodies, because I had the same thing. I mean, I'm also, you know, I'm curvier and so, and I have a more athletic build. And so I remember where um, I taught cycle before soul, it was very much so like everyone was, you know, stick thin and I, I was absolutely an outlier. Mm-hmm. And I remember very, very vividly one rider coming up to me afterwards and being like, I come to your class because you look real. Like I can relate to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And from mm -hmm. that moment too, it was the way that I feel like I showed up in classes was very different. Like before, you know, you'd keep the lights a little bit lower if you were, you know, if you were feeling a certain way or if I was in a certain stage of my cycle where I was like, okay, I feel a little, you know, a little self-conscious right now. Yeah. That's when I was like, no, like it's someone else will see it and it'll inspire them to then feel a little bit differently towards themselves. And it's yeah. not, you know, it's not going to cure everything mm-hmm. to have someone go, Oh, and I mean, you know, representation, have someone go, Oh, okay. She has slightly of, of a bigger body mm-hmm. or, you know, more athletic or whatever else she has, you know, bigger legs, has hips, has a JLo booty. Yeah. And which is a good thing. So JLo is listening. JLo, we love your booty. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. sure she's listening right now. <laughs> I'm sure she tunes in every week. Yes, right. She she writes in. All those reviews are from JLo. So. Absolutely. But no, that's that's so true. And I mean, I, I will, and I fully am, am open about this. I used to Photoshop pictures. You know, I probably stopped, um, I don't know, three, four years ago. But I used to, um, you know, if you had the little chunk under your sports bra on your back you know that thing or the hips or even like your face your arms like literally you can 
do everything, right? And I used to be that person who I was like, people aren't going to take me seriously if I don't look the part, right? And, and this is when I'm, I'm teaching 10 classes a week, 20 classes a week, yeah. whatever it might be, because I taught another modality as well. But it was like, people aren't going to take me seriously if I don't look a certain way. And I would be like, well, I don't actually look like this. This is just the angle or this is just bad, you know, and you you say all these things in your head, like where you justify it. Like, well, no, like people know what I, what I actually look like. So let me just like take off this little like muffin top or whatever. And really it's like, dude, you look like how you look like. Right. And, you know, until you accept it and then embrace it. You know, I, I said, made this pact with myself and, and anybody, um, I said, don't, don't Photoshop my pictures. Um, I'm not going to Photoshop them because I want to show that it's real. And, and it's not to say that I don't feel insecure about it. It's, posting it anyway, even though you do feel insecure about it. And, you know, I'll, I'll go on vacation. And this is really funny because like literally my body swells up. I don't know like if like you're so used to sweating so much that like when you, when I go on vacation, I actually don't work out. Like very rare do I work out. And every, so every time I go, my body literally swells up with like water and like, you know, probably like all the things, right. That I, my vacation food and all that. And I come back and I'm like just bloated and puffy and all these things and or you know even like my weight gains you know the fluctuate or fluctuate yeah what's the word fluctuates. fluctuating fluctuates. Yeah. yeah fluctuation um, where I decided you know I used to come back from vacations and say oh well I'm gonna wear a shirt today in class you know because I normally just wear like the set and it's just like a sports yeah. bra and pants and I would be like well I'm I'm feeling like a little bloated and like a little puffy and a little you know overweight. So I'm going to wear a shirt. And I realized, what message is that sending? Because it's like, oh, I can only wear what I want to wear, which is normally, you know, just like a sports bra and pants. If I look a certain way, I'm like, no, that's sending a terrible message, you know, where it's like, I'm trying to cover up and I'm like ashamed of this. But it's like, no, like you got to, you know, it's these little things that you have to catch and to overcome them, you know? And that's the other thing, too. I feel like a lot of people will always ask, you know, well, how do you feel? How do you eat? And it's very Mm -hmm. much so. I mean, we talked about everybody being so different. Mm -hmm. But for what we do, too, I mean, when you're teaching 10 plus times a week in multiple different modalities, and then on top of that, trying to get your own workouts in and finding ways to cross train yourself and then still trying to playlists and have relationships with people and get enough sleep and all of these additional elements and drink Mm -hmm. enough water and refuel. Yeah. When you stop moving, your body's also like, hi, I need that safety. Like it doesn't know what the next time you're going to jump right back into it. So it also starts hoarding on to everything to go, Ooh, let me prepare for when we go again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's also like being open about that and being like, hey, you know, we do what we do, our bodies, like what we put our bodies through is very different than what, you know, someone who just rides a few times a week is going to do or, you know, who does something different. Right. Or Um, even the way their body processes everything and, you know, going back to hormones and levels of everything, like everybody's so different. But, you know, so when somebody comes in um, and you see not – you know, and maybe they have the, I want to feel better, but like when you see someone consumed by body image, what do you say to them? So usually those conversations really just go around where it is they are and I meet them there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, you know, I've had people who it's taken months to even do a dietary recall where it's not just, you know, yeah, I had breakfast. Mm-hmm. And like they, you know, won't share what it is because 100 percent for some people, that's such an uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for some people, they think like, oh, well, they have to share that if they're working with a nutritionist or I have to go. No, absolutely not. Like there's people who I literally meet with and we talk about habits. We talk about timing. We talk about, you know, education mm-hmm. instead. So it's, yeah. hey, let me just let me just like, let's just talk about, you know, electrolytes today. Yeah. You've been working out a lot cool. Like, let me educate you on like what that actually means, what that looks like. And like, mm-hmm. let's just make sure you have enough electrolytes for the next week. Yeah. Start, start you know, little, you start know? little. Exactly. I it mean, doesn't have to be this big, like, boom, my life has changed 180%. It's, um, you know, restriction now, you know, it's like baby steps, just like everything else. That's the thing. It's, it's sustainable steps. Cause mm-hmm. at the same time, if you know, there's a huge 180 shift, odds are in a year that shift's not going to stick. Mm-hmm. 
you're just going to fall back to the same patterns. And so there's this, um, it's called the Lee Sater's pyramid um, or food uh, hierarchy of needs. The whole bottom, like so many times people think like, oh, well, no, I have to eat healthy foods. And it's like, well, no, it's the top of the pyramid. The bottom's just fueling yourself. Like it is quite literally meeting like basic needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so a lot of the time it's teaching Dial that. It exactly. It's like teaching the like, no, well, every meal doesn't have to be avocado on gluten-free toast with like, you know, microgreens on them. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. cool. If that's what you enjoy and it actually fuels you and you feel good, solid. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Great choice. Right. You know, but if someone's like, hey, I have coffee for breakfast and I, you know, don't eat then until 2 p.m. Like, you know, all these things and they're taking 15 classes a day. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, let's just basic needs let's dial that back. And for some people who are like, I, I've had people come to me who, you know, they won't eat fruit because it has sugar in it. They mm -hmm. won't eat certain things because they just know the exact points of Weight Watchers that it was when they were on Weight Watchers as a kid. And like, yeah. those are those moments where it's like, Hey, I'm going to be here for you for whatever you need. I'm going to meet you where you are and baby steps. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I will celebrate the ever living everything out of them for yeah. every baby step that they right. take. Yeah, because it's scary. And and even, you know, you take start taking the, like, the little baby steps and then you start getting a little bit of momentum. You know, it's that momentum that carries you. And then you can start making big strides. You can stay at that pace as long as you want. But it's just about these these tiny little steps of just taking something. And maybe maybe the first baby step is, how do I feel today? You know, how do I feel when I um, eat this food? You know, do I like it? Okay, start there, just with the awareness and the consciousness of it. You know, that's exactly it. It's it's seeing you know how you feel about certain things and starting to find habits and the mm -hmm. trends mm -hmm. and and seeing that and going okay, well, based off of these habits and trends what can we slightly start to adjust there that's going to help feel better? And half the time, I mean, even when people come for the goal of weight loss or for, you know, body image or whatever else, they start to find they're like, oh, I'm sleeping better. I have way more energy throughout the day. I'm not crashing at 2, 3 p.m. Yeah. They start seeing these additional symptoms just by taking little baby steps. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when it's that like, okay, that stage of change, right, just starts mm -hmm. to progress because they're like, oh, well, if I literally just change and, you know, eat something before I have coffee or even drink a glass of water before I have coffee in the morning and that sets my whole day up to be totally different, like, okay, cool. What else is there? Yeah, yeah. It's like it opens up like this little wormhole of like, oh, wait, what else is in there for me? But, you know, I think a lot of people – and I said this on a, a while back on a podcast, but um, I think a lot of people think that if you go to a nutritionist – that it's going to be this big, massive change. Like, I'm not ready for that because I've got the holidays coming up and X, Y, and Z, you know, all these things of like reasons why I can't just start um, because like I, I don't want to waste my time and, you know, my time with my nutritionist and what I'm investing into it if I'm not going to be all in. But it, it's like if you wait for the right time for you to you know, be all in and completely change your life that you think it's going to happen in one day. Like that's never going to happen. There's literally <laughs> never a right time. There's never a right time. And so, for the people who say that I'm always like, it actually helps to start during a more challenging period because mm -hmm. then you start to build the tools and you get to see what that looks like. So the next time you're on vacation or the next time you're you know, have family in town or have mm -hmm. holidays or have to travel, you're like, oh, yeah. well, no, I, I have these tools. I've practiced this. Yep, yeah, I've, I've done this. I've put this in practice. And then that's where that sustainability mm -hmm. and repetition comes from where you're like, oh, yeah, I've totally got this. Right, right. Exactly. And it's, it's like one tiny thing like, OK, yeah, like I checked in with myself and know how I feel when I eat certain food. OK, well, now I'm in the habit of that. Now I can add on to that. And it's little, it's little, it's little, it's little. Again, exactly. it's not going to be this quick fix. If you're looking for a quick fix of like, oh, my my life has to be 180 degrees different. It's like, no, like get a coach to just start, you know. And um, I work with I work with a lot of men, but I primarily work with women. And I mean, even with men, too. But I see this theme of this body image keeps coming up and. It's, um, it's, you know, going back to your point of it's all mental, 
right? This, these, this mindset, right? And I think this is what I had said back on a couple episodes ago, but people have this thing about like, oh, I, I don't have any self-control. I don't have any self-control. And that's a self-limiting belief is I don't have any self-control. But you really what self-control, it's not about restriction. It's about reflection where it's like, why are you identifying self-control of you know, I can't say no to this cake right now, but you're also saying yes to every day at the gym at 5 a.m., even though your body might be exhausted. Like, that's not self-control. That's restriction, you know? It's really finding that balance. It's finding what feels good and what's sustainable. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, yeah, 5 a.m. at the gym every single day, you're then just feeding into the narrative of what you want people to see. Cause I'm sure your lifts probably aren't as strong as they could be. Mm-hmm. Your body's exhausted. Your HPA access, which is um, it's, it's kind of like fight or flight mm-hmm. is all sorts of messed up because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not giving yourself a chance to recover and rest. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, you know, so many people get trapped in And I, I feel like I, I go back a lot to like social media because I feel like it's that image, right? Mm-hmm. It's, Oh well, okay. Well, I have to go every day at five a.m. I have to fit this yeah. this mold, this the story I've created for myself, this narrative I've created for myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so in turn that continues to perpetuate all the additional things. Like, okay, well, I can't have that cake, or I can't, you know, have the chips with the salsa, or you know, I have to have the burger without the bun, or whatever, you know, whatever it, the story is that you've created around it, and whatever it is you've latched onto. Instead of actually giving your body that chance to just be like, okay, well, how do I want to move? How do I want to feel? You know, what else is going on? Because that same thing is what makes people usually have no idea what their hunger cues and fullness cues are, have no idea what their body actually wants and doesn't want. Yeah. If you're not taking the time. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, what are your hunger cues? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I need a session with you. (laughs) But... um, Yeah, it's like, you know, you may have gone to sleep at 3.30 in the morning because, you know, your kid was up all night, but you're like, no, I have to do this at 5 a.m. I'm exhausted. I have a full day of work and then family after that. But it's like, I will not, I will not miss out on this. And, you know, there's something to be said about accountability and dedication, yes. But knowing, again, reflecting, hey, what is going to be more beneficial for me today, just today, Uh, sleeping in because my child was up all night or going to this gym, I'm probably, um, you know, going to, again, not get the maximum benefit of the gym. And then I'm going to be really tired and be grumpy. And then I'm not going to do my best. I'm going to snap at this person, snap at this person and yada, yada, yada. It's like, what is the best decision for me today? I use the example all the time of like a video game energy bar. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, you're doing all these things throughout the day and technically, you know, with fuel, with rest, with everything else, the next day you should be pretty close to full. Mm-hmm. If you're starting at a deficit already, you're just setting yourself up for it to be a struggle of a day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You'll get tired a lot more frequently. Realistically, you're going to crash around 2, 3 p.m. Um, your workout's not going to be as good. It also, and this is something I used to tell my clients all the time when I trained at Equinox, like, especially my 5 a.m.ers, okay, well, you didn't get sleep. There'd be times where I'd be like, okay, cool. We're going to, you know, we're going to stretch. We're going to do mobility. We're going to do other stuff because I'm not getting you hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing too. You're then exhausted. Your body's exhausted. Yeah. You're going to try to lift what you normally lift or do whatever you think is going to be best for you, especially if you don't have that coach or someone watching you to make sure that you're safe. Right. You're like, I will do what I did yesterday and more. Yeah. And then next thing you know, right, your body, your body forces you to rest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Forces you to take a rest. Mm -hmm. It's like slow down. Yep. But I think a lot of people experience guilt when they don't. And like, I don't, it's, it's so interesting. You know, I I teach from the Enneagram perspective. So I think it has, I see a lot of similarities in different numbers with different feelings. But, you know, when you see someone come in with guilt about, eating something that's quote unquote bad for them or skipping a workout? Like what do you normally tell them? It really depends on the person. A lot of the time it's, it's going through that conversation of meeting them where they are and, and coming at them from a very empathetic standpoint, but also talking about the science and talking about why, you know, it's okay to rest. It's okay to do these things because at the end of the day, it's going to be more beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's also this tool. It's actually a therapy tool. You might know it. Um, it's asking how many spoons you have. No, I don't know this one. So I love um, this though. I like the yeah. sound of it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's, you know, sometimes you start a session, like some people start sessions being like, oh, you know, what are your highs? What are your lows? Whatever else. For some people who I know have a tendency of feeling guilty or of feeling like they need to be doing more is that conversation like, okay, well, how many spoons are in your drawer? You know, and I have clients who are like, I have one single Nespresso spoon. And so when we go through, you know, okay, well, this is all the stuff that we need to do. Mm-hmm. How many spoons is that going to take? Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, if you have one Nespresso spoon, but going and doing that 5 a.m. workout or whatever else is going to take 12 spoons. Yeah. So how do you expect to do that? Yeah, of course. That's never going to work, you know? Exactly. Mm, and like so that. it's it's having that, that those visuals and those other types of conversations of like, you know, or using, you know, this is, there's, there's this thing when it comes to diabetes, it's called the insulin knife to kind of teach people about like what insulin does, but using that same thing of like, okay, well, if you are not sleeping, if you're not eating enough food, if you're not drinking enough water, right? Okay. So then you have a short knife that's dull. How do you expect with a ton of stuff to cut? Like, how do you expect to get that stuff done? It's going to be harder for you. You know, you're going to be there forever. Just cutting away. Mm, Exactly. So so silverware is the key to this whole thing. Cutlery. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Assess your cutlery. That's what I'm um, getting from this this whole thing. We can kind of wrap it up with that. Assess your cutlery. But, um, (laughs) well, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, Your knowledge is just, like, blew my mind. And that's just, you know, one part of it. So if, if people resonated with you, how can they find you? What do you offer? How can we, how can we, um, how can we find you? Yeah. So my Instagram's Nikki.Zen. Um, so way easier than my last name. Yeah. Um, Swish. Well, that's like the <laughs> not Polish way to say it. You can say it. So, okay. Well, so last name. So the English way I say it is Swish. Um, the Got Polish that. way is Swish. Yeah. Um, fun fact, it means cricket. Oh my God. Um, that's so fun. Yeah. I noticed yeah. you have a lot of tattoos. Do you have any crickets on there? I don't. You should I don't. I do you? have a um, portrait of my dog. <laughs> oh, yes. Is his name Cricket? <laughs> his name is Taco, actually. Oh, hey, you got to come back to Texas, you know? <laughs> right. That's it. I actually got him before Texas. And then the you moved part. here and everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, was that on purpose? I was like, it just worked no, out that way. No, it just kind of worked out. Yeah. He's a Jersey boy now, um, though. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, Instagram's, um, so Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y dot Z-E-N. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy. Um, I offer... I'm about to open up my services a lot, but I offer one-on-one um, in a multitude of different ways. Best way to kind of learn more about it is just to sc- schedule a free discovery call. Oh, nice. Um, Even better. And so, yeah, so nice 20 minutes. We get to chat, figure out what's going on, figure out if we're a good fit. And then I kind of talk through all the different plans because there's a bunch of different ones. Um, I offer workshops monthly that are just kind of like educational workshops mm. that are slightly more general. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I'm in the process of creating kind of like a, a group kind of self-guided program type deal awesome. where it's more of the education side of it. Yeah. So then that way it is more of that kind of general broad, like here are some things to think about type yeah, deal. And right. then if you know, you want to learn what works best for you and that didn't kind of help create that. Yeah, with get that one-on-one. Then exactly. Oh, awesome. Then we can work one-on-one. Yeah. Amazing. Well, cool. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Um, you just, you educated me so much and I, I know my listeners, um, have truly benefited from this as well because these are real um, struggles and um, real issues that we're overcoming. So it's nice to have a professional help us just even sort out our mind and our thoughts about it. So, um, you know, definitely check out Nikki. Um, once again, Nikki.Zen. And I will not attempt to say your name in Polish. I just won't do that. But, um, you know, she and I both, uh, we've been on our journeys actually very similar, right? I didn't realize how similar it was, but we both believe that you can create your life, that you can create your fate. So if we could leave you with just one thing, it's this. Ready? I'm 10 out of 10 not going to remember that. <laughs> okay, let's just try it. And then if not, we'll just do it again. All right. Let's see if you remember. Um, do you want me to text it to you? Can you text it to me real quick? You want me to? Yeah, I can. Like, actually, I have my computer well, out here. Wait, while, while she texts that to me real quick, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I... Uh, I know, you know, <laughs> your listeners, I'm sure all absolutely incredible humans. I know you. I just want to give you a shout out for just <laughs> everything you've done. It's been such an incredible process to just like have met you in Austin and to see everything you did, you know, in Houston Soul Cycle, and then to see all these incredible things you're doing. Like, well, I'm, just, I'm also just as grateful to be on here and talking to you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and again, 
I would love to be on your podcast one day. Um, Absolutely. What's, it's called Never on Time. Yes. So Never it's called on Never time. on Time. Yeah, definitely it's on check Apple, that out. Spotify, all the above. Yes. A lot yeah. of a lot of me ranting about all of the things that I love that. <laughs> we talked about today. I love that. And um, yeah, it's just stuff. It's definitely been a journey, and it's awesome just to have somebody um, doing the same thing. So I'm glad we can inspire each other. And um, I did text you. If you got, you got, she's like, okay, I'm ready. She's literally like mouthing like, can you text it to me? I forgot. <laughs> but honestly, half the time I was like, oh my God, what was it? What I should have just had you text it. <laughs> I know I thought about it earlier, but it's fine. Um, I love it. So we're ready. Well, ready. we'll, we'll do a dramatic countdown now. If we could Amazing. leave you with just one thing, three, two, one. It's this. <laughs> Expect, Expect good things, things always, and they will, <laughs> they will happen. happen. You nailed it, girl. Absolutely crushed it. Go cricket go. Well, thank you for coming on the show and uh, we will talk to y'all very, very soon.